Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So I am honored to have Michael Rios on today, and I am really thrilled to have an act from the shows because I've interviewed dancers and singers and costumers and wardrobe, but I've never interviewed an act. So I really enjoyed our talk before we recorded because your perspective of the show and why the acts were even in the show is a really important piece that I think a lot of us knew it from we were just backstage changing so fast, saw the tail end before we went back on and uh, how important the acts were to the show. Um, so thanks for joining me. Okay. Hi, Sherry. And, I, and then uh, another thing, I'm German, so careful. My English is not really quite that fluent, so don't speak too fast. Okay, I, I'm okay, but, okay. you know, sometime I might slip uh, a little bit yeah. in the language thing. Yeah, we'll, we'll make sure that we're aware. I can get going fast when I get excited. <laughs> so okay. where, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Germany? Uh, I'm born during the war. I'm born during the war in 1942 in a city called Königsberg, which is Prussia, which now belongs to Russia. And now it's called Kaliningrad. So, uh, and um, I, I'm born into a Jewish family. Uh, I'm Jewish mother. My, uh, my, 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 my father, my, my real father disappeared in the war. Uh, so, uh, our family has lost a few of the of the relatives being Jewish. Came came uh, in, came into the city where I was born, Königsberg. Came a um, show, a touring show, um, Moroccan. Uh, I mean, there was a, a lot of performers. In those days, you had something like Kraft durch Freude. It's it's pleasure to walk. Uh, it, it like uh, they, they had the same thing for American troops. Uh, these these uh, in different places where where the uh, entertainment is there to uh, to amuse the troops. So my adoptive father was one of the performers. He came and and worked for the uh, German officers. I mean he he was like a war prisoner because uh, being Moroccan, which means French at the time, France belonged to mm. to uh, Morocco belonged to France. So he he was like a a prisoner, but a free prisoner. He had to go from military camp to military camp to entertain the troops. This is where he met my mother who was there decorating the place or something. She was one of those uh, uh, helper to uh, redecorate. So he met my mother there. Me, I was already born. So the, the Russian soldier they were approaching really fast it was in 1943 or something like that. The Russian front came to not close to Königsberg. My adoptive father, having a little bit of money and a little bit of freedom because he was allowed to travel within Germany, uh, paid some officer, uh, some ship, some ship captain to hide us in the ship. Um, my mother, uh, my grandparents, and myself. And uh, that, that ship went to Berlin, uh, not, not to Berlin, to Bremerhaven, some other city. Then from there, we went by train to Berlin. And this is where we saw the end of the war. Um, 
when the, uh, at the war's end, uh, Jama, my, my adoptive father, took us to France and he was a performer, he was an acrobat. So then we start already as, a, as a, then my brother was born with my, with, of course, uh, which is my half brother, but brother. And uh, as, as young kids, we start rehearsing. He was, he was a performer. So at first we were just uh, uh, walking in the street and begging, not begging, but uh, you know, passing the hat, doing like mm -hmm. they do still now. And so it's nothing new, you know, passing the hat in the street, doing some performance. And uh, slowly by slowly, we start rehearsing and doing, start doing an act. And, and we got very lucky. Uh, we, we chose a type of act who there was no more. And there was no, nothing to, to be inspired by either, not to copy. We couldn't copy anybody either because TV and all that didn't exist. So we just invented things. We were lucky enough that uh, our fa adoptive father taught us things. He had no clue much either. He just so okay, you just juggle with your feet. Your, your brother sits on your feet and you jump, uh, you throw in the air and you catch him. And anyway, we became pretty good at that. And um, being very, very young, we got our first break. Uh, one of our very first break, uh, there was an audition for acts at the Casino de Paris. It was the first show Lino Renault was doing. Lino Renault was one of the, those stars then in France, uh, review stars. And we did our act on that stage. Uh, from there on, we went to some circus. And then we got a second break because Mr. Leon Leonidov, which was the uh, artistic director from Radio City Music Hall, saw us there. So we, we were hired to work at, at Radio City Music Hall. Uh, in New York, we're doing three, four shows a night. And because we were already in New York, Ed Sullivan saw us. So we, we did some TV show for Ed Sullivan. It's, it's all sequence of event who you, you, you're lucky to be, to be there because you're at the right place at the right time and, and you got lucky. And so you, and because we're working in better places, we became better automatically because you, you become better, not quite as, rough or you know somebody advised us to go to a certain place to have some costumes specially made for us somebody wrote some music for us because they thought well you look better with this music so it was a whole as a whole we got lucky and then you know first 1963 worked in Moulin Rouge and then worked in Beirut another big casino and then the Lido came and steal us from the from the Moulin Rouge so then we worked at the Lido in 1969, 1970, and 71. Then we went to Vegas to the Stardust for, for two and a half to three years. That's where I met my wife. Then we came back and still worked at the Lido. And then Don Arden stole us from the Lido to put us at the MGM Grand Jubilee. I guess we were a good opening act. You know, right after the opening number, right after the opening number, you have at the MGM, you had 60, 70 people on stage and many people. And then you needed somebody who brings a little bit of applause, uh, being able to hold that big stage with two people. So we, we, we were pretty good at that. And so we, we, we did that for, for from 19... My first time at the leader was 1969. And the last time at the leader was 96. Like it's quite a few years uh, we did a lot of, I mean, 
we went to other places too, but we came back and forth, back and forth. We were, like I said, we were very lucky, very lucky. And it, because it's not just talent, you have to be lucky. Talent uh, comes after sometimes, or sometimes no talent. Luck is still another story. And we were lucky. Oh, you had a long, long, wonderful career. Yes. I'm, we did. How old were you when you were when you got hired at the Casino de Paris? Were you uh, a, a young? I, you know, I took some notes earlier because if there's something you should not do and, and, and stuff like that, is get the wrong dates. <laughs> you know, because somebody somebody might have been at the Casino de Paris those days and said, it was not. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was not. It cannot be. Yeah, I was at the Casino de Paris in 1959 with Lynn Renault. 1959, I was in 42, 17. So you started out young. And then you, how old were your brothers? My brother was... Uh, just two brothers, right? Four years. No, I just one brother. Two, two Tony, two, two sorry. Of us. Yeah. yeah. My, my brother was in, born in 45, so he was 13. Oh, my God. I'm just picturing this life of being a, a young person and, and end up on Ed Sullivan. It, it, do you have this book? I, I have the book and I'm part okay, there's a picture. It. There's a picture. You can see my brother. That's that's when we started and he was really a, a child. Anyway, you'll see I, it. What's the name it's of your what? book? I have it. We want people to, to know where they, because you can get it on Amazon. It's yeah, uh, it mem, on uh, Unexpected. What yeah, is un, the title? Un, unlikely Life of an Acrobat. Unlikely Life of an Acrobat. And it's, I'm reading now just about like where you grew up and all that, because it, it's so interesting to flash forward to the Lido well, and yeah, think of how go, you started. Well, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't go much to school, so I had to find a way of of uh, being able to write uh, correctly. So, you know, if you didn't go to school, there's a lot of things you didn't learn. So, writing a book is it's like to me is like a mountain. Thank God to Nancy, my wife, that I was able to to. I mean, she pushed me to it. That's incredible. Yeah, just to be that young and seeing the world and getting a different education than you would in school. Yeah, but we, we, we were not happy to be there. We, it was just, a, uh, we, we would have preferred to work in a circus somewhere because you have friends and, you know, because uh, if you're an act or, if, or dancer, if you work in one of these, these, uh, these places, you, you have your, your, your professional life, which is on stage, and then you go home somewhere, you know? Uh, so when, when you dancers go home, you have an apartment here and there, and you, you, you meet after the show or something and, and you go out. But as a young acrobat, you don't go out. Uh, so you, you have no friends. You, you're just being on stage. You do your number and you go split because nobody has time for you for a 16, 17 year old or 13 year old. You know, uh, the dancers or, or other acts, they have their own life and they have boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. So we, we were not really that happy to be in, in this environment much fun, more fun to walk in a circus where you live in a trailer and you have friends uh, all over the place. So, so in the beginning, yeah, we were not that happy with how our luck was turning, but for yeah. our parents, yes, because they were making good money through their kids, because of course, the, like the old days, uh, the, the, the money made by the kids goes to the parents. And they were traveling with you all these places and did they live there wherever you were performing? No. Like, did they... Most of our most of the stuff uh, at first was in in Europe, so it was okay. And then the first time we went to New York, we went by ourselves, of course, and or to Vegas also we were by ourselves. Well, those days that's that's how it was. You know, I discovered what? New York. I discovered New York 
the hard way. We, we arrived from the airport with our props in the, in the taxi car. And uh, we, were, we were pretty poor those days. And we take a taxi. The taxi dropped us off on 52nd Street or something, a stage row from a Radio City musical. I, I put my props out of the car and I gave the, the taxi driver $50. Those days, the, 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 whole, the whole trip was maybe two and a half or $3. I gave him $50 waiting for the change. He just took off. <laughs> That's oh how you learn. Gosh, how welcome you learn to New York. How, <laughs> how life is. Oh, was there anybody there that looked after you being this young, like no. Ed Sullivan, you were just told yep. where to go and where to work? That's right. There's oh. always an agent somewhere who, there's, those days there was agents, uh, um, uh, who, who took care of, of, of the people. You know, the, the agent who brought us to Radio City, uh, he, he, he made sure that we have a hotel room. So after that, everything is fine. The same when we did uh, Ed Sullivan show, it's just, uh, they just, uh, they tell us where to be, what time, where to be, and uh, just be pretty, smile and do your act. I think I've talked to dancers like uh, that were at the Lido at 16 and now that's not legal. But yeah. I was having a hard time imagining being 16 and going to Paris and knowing my way around and what to do. But you're, they had people looking out for them more, like the cast would kind of take in the new people. But for you, you guys were just navigating New York yep. on your own? Yeah, like big wow. fish. Wow. Yeah. You, you, Even just, well, that's, that's a good way to learn what, what could happen. Yeah. You know, maybe if we were girls, maybe differently, but two guys, are, you know, what, not that much could happen. Two guys yeah. always together, you know, it's like, okay, well. Did somebody negotiate contracts like when you would get hired for something else to know like if someone you know is taking care our, of you well or taking advantage no, 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 of our, you? Our father was pretty shrewd on that. He was pretty good. Okay. He was pretty good. He was interested too. You know, he was getting the big part, pile of the money, so so he took care of it. It was it was fine. So when you get into these big shows of beautiful, tall, not not wearing many clothes. That's what right. Was that, what was that like? That, 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 was that, first, that was our very first ex experience was at the Casino Paris in 1959. We had a dressing room. Across from our dressing room, there were two principal dancers, two principal dancers, and the, the door was always open. I mean, these dressing rooms, the doors are always open, and, and they were virtually naked, just a little G string. And I remember them putting uh, a pancake, a, a body a pancake on, on, on their body, you know. Uh, Pancake, yeah, yeah, makeup. the body makeup, yeah. So with a big sponge, you know. So and they would just say, "Hey, uh, Michelle, can you help me? Can you put that on my back, please?" And it's like it's terrible, you know, for these young guys to see these beautiful ladies. It's like, what the hell? Why my hair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing is just to hear where you came from and what you just basically got launched into. Wow. Yeah. So, um, what was your act like? Can you describe what your act was? Like the picture on the book is the juggling. On the well, feet, I, I lay I lay on my on a prop and with my feet I, I, I propel. Would you say propel my brother around and making yeah. somersaults and double somersaults and all kind of stuff? Yeah. Oh wow! If, so if, you, if you go on YouTube, you're gonna find some stuff from the Reels Brothers. Uh, I'm sure. Okay, I'm gonna look that up. Maybe we can share that. So but how did you? There's a few different kinds, and you'll see some with the. Tony Curtis or with some some other or Ed Sullivan must be on there too or something. Anyway, how did your body do doing that for so many years? Like, for is what? that how did your body do? Did you have injuries or no? You, no, you we, did we, all we, these years. 
Very little. I'm still now. I'm I'm pretty okay. Wow. Uh, I guess we were we were well trained, and uh, we already understood those days that the, the warming up was extremely important. Not to get hurt. Yeah. Not just so oh, you... it's okay, it's okay. You know, like I see many dancers, oh, it's okay, it's okay. Then they do a jump split. You know, say so I, I wonder why I'm hurting. Well, because you didn't warm up. Babe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I remember there's people that would get there an hour early and do a fa- full ballet bar, and some people would yeah. just walk on stage with no warm up. And that's right. <sighs> yeah. And those are the ones who get hurt. And later on, they ask, I wonder why my back hurts. You know, that's why. Yeah. So you. Did you start to feel part of the cast? Or was that always a hard part? Because the dressing rooms, I know, for, uh, Hello Hollywood, Hello, the acts were down below in another level where their dressing room was. I don't know if I interacted with any of the acts, but did you ever? Well, and, uh, at the Stardust and at the Lido and at the Moulin Rouge, everything was very mixed. It was a lot of fun. Uh, at the MGM and at the Grand in, in Vegas, uh, yeah, we were, we were in, in some area, but it was fun too because... We were sharing, not sharing dressing, but the same area with the with the other showroom. There was another showroom where you had Dean Martin coming and, and all these big stars. So it was also fun because you, you get to meet all these people who uh, you, otherwise you wouldn't have met because you're, but then you miss, no, you don't miss it anymore because by the, at the time I was already married with Nancy, so it's fine. I didn't have to shop anymore. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, yeah, you said that you did date a lot of dancers, which meant you must have been hanging out with the cast more to that's get right. to, to, to marry a dancer. So <laughs> you had yeah. some interaction. How did you it's guys something. meet? How, how, was, how did that come about, like, to become a couple and get married? She was a dancer? Well, well I must say that uh, at, the, at the Stardust, we warmed up on stage, and uh, so do the dancers. So did she. She warmed up on stage. So... Uh, I was cruising her for about two years. It didn't work because she was with somebody else. So finally, she, uh, I went back to Paris and uh, she said she wanted to visit Paris and uh, uh, she always wanted to come to Paris. I mean, she was very much of a, one of those dancers who studies a lot all the time, university and stuff, you know, so just anyway. And uh, I said, okay, well, I, I, vis- I visit Paris and I kept her here. I kept her in Paris. So it's 45 years ago. Wow. How did you guys do one show together? Did you do shows together no, only, after once uh, you were a couple? No, we only worked at the at the Stardust together for two and a half years, and then when she came to Paris, she worked for a little bit at the at the Lido, at the at the old Lido, and then she became a model and she did pretty well as a modeling, uh, and she didn't really like all this step touch type of dancing, uh, especially at the old Lido. It was even smaller than all the other places, and everything is very confined it's all about costumes and and expensive costumes you know uh, uh, but uh, you know the costume designer Folko Folko was very beautiful what he was doing it's gorgeous but not danceable yeah and you said she was a Ron Lewis dancer because we were talking about yeah. earlier about the difference of having so many rhinestones and feathers that you and those numbers you don't do much but walk and Ron Lewis was like minimal costume and That's heavy right. duty hardcore and, and dancing. go for it and yeah. go for it. So there's dancers who did both. And I know some people that liked both to mix it up because the Ron Lewis show will kill your body after a while. So sometimes yes. the step touch is a relief. But for some dancers, like, I want to dance more. But but I, but I remember that in, in Vegas and in, in, the, in the 70s, when Ron Lewis was really doing very well at the Dunes and in other places, a touch of Vegas and all, all these kind of shows. Well, the Dunes had the best show in town. 
as a show, but uh, the, 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 had the best show in town, but no customers. And the, the Stardust was packed and the, the MGM was packed. Uh, Folie Berger were packed too at the Tropicana. And the Dunes, no. So the people who were doing these, these shows with the beautiful ladies on stage uh, and beautiful costumes, I guess at the time they were right. Because uh, in the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, it's financial. Everything is financial. It's, uh, if it makes money, it's good. And the dudes mm. didn't make that, didn't do that well. So while you were in Vegas, you did the Dunes, the Stardust, and the MGM, which is now Bally's. Did, yes. or those, did you do other ones too? Because you sound like you kind of went out in between and did other places. No, no, no. I, no, no. I mean, as a performer, I, w- I just worked at the MGM for two and a half years and at the Stardust for two and a half years. Okay, uh, you didn't work I, at the Dunes. You saw no, the no, dunes. I didn't work okay. at the Dunes. Nancy okay. worked at the Dunes. No. And which shows did you do at the Stardust? The, I don't even which, remember the name. I was all I can think of is like all those, day, those days they didn't have any any names. Maybe Periscope. Could that be? There was one called yeah. Periscope. Anyways, it started in 72. But I don't remember the name. Do you know it Rosemary? Was just Lido, you know? Uh, on, the, on the marquee, it just says Lido. It didn't say names of shows. They didn't have names. Oh, but oh. They didn't sell programs, so there was no reason to have a name, is there? Oh, that's so interesting. Rosemary Tall DeHart that did shows, she named them like number seven, eight, and nine, I think. She knew oh, what number, and I'd never heard a show referred to by number, but now that makes sense. There's no marquee, there's no program. That's right. Because I know all elite like, had that. Like in, yeah, that's right. In Paris, they're selling programs and they make good money with this. So they have to have names for people or to collect them or whatever. You cannot just call it the Lido. It's not enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think they gave it a name, but nobody kind of knows it because uh, it's, it's not written on the marquee. It's just written Lido, period. Oh, I'm learning so much from you. <laughs> so you were also in the beginning of Jubilee, the creation, the That's opening. Right. So well, did Don Martin take you from the Stardust over there? Because that was his no, show. He took us from the Lido in Paris. From oh, that's there. right. Okay. So you so went. One, one, one day I was uh, asked with my brother uh, at Miss Bluebell. Yeah, that, that's why it's, it's not everything is not so straight, you know. So we, Miss Bluebell, we were in a good term with Miss Bluebell. Obviously, she helped me to get the working papers for, for my American wife because uh, uh, she needed a sponsor to come. As an American working in France, you needed all kind of paperwork which Ms. Bluebell took care of for Nancy, for, for, for my wife. Uh, yeah, one day Ms. Ms. Bluebell just asked me backstage, oh, come to my home at the Rue de la Faisanderie to have coffee with your brother. And when, we, when I got there, Don Arden was there and he said, okay, I didn't want to approach you at, at the Lido because it's, it's not right. So now that you're here, I'd like to hire you for the MGM, for the for Jubilee when, when, when we open. So he stole us from the Lido. And then I got, uh, I, I told Mr. Clerico, the owner, and he was very pissed off that we leave the place. But he said, you will never walk here again. But we did. But yeah. you did? Wow. <laughs> you said something before we recorded that Don Arden, would rather not have had acts in there well, I don't and tried to, to do it. To him, not, or yes. it his thing to was him, the big was vision a, of the story. To him, it was a necessary evil. He, he, he know he needs the acts for changing of sets and costumes. You know, an act, uh, even, even a short act is a, is a good seven, eight minutes on stage. So seven, eight minutes, that's what you need to have a big scenery change and a big costume change. If, if you want to have a show 
where there's a lot of people on stage, that means a mass, which that was always the success of these type of shows. It's a massive amount of feathers, a massive amount of tits, a massive amount of whatever, you know? And in order to have that, you have to have an act uh, at some time when the closing of one number where there's already 30 people on stage. So you close that number, so they have time to change. And uh, he, he tried, he, he tried uh, for, with Pizzazz, was a show he had at the Desert Inn. And there, there was no acts. Then it didn't, it bombed. Because, because when he had a cast of 40, in order to keep a flow going, you have to split the cast in half to have some people changing costume and some people on stage. And then, you know, you, you never have the luxury of having a whole, whole cast on stage. So he had to put back acts. And uh, I think he, well, obviously he liked us. He, he liked yeah. us because he hired us for so many years, but I know we were, yeah, we, we were something he, he uh, at the Stardust in 72, it was the last show of Don Arden show where the acts take part of the grand finale. You know, when, when there's a finale, when everybody comes in, take a bow. He didn't like, somebody told me that, uh, that he didn't like the fact when the acts come forward, they may take a bow and they get a good hand. For him, the show is, is, is the whole thing. It's not individual yeah. because, because I'm a good handstand guy or I'm a ventriloquist or something that get as much applause as 40 people on stage. He didn't like that too much. So after the Stardust, the acts did not appear anymore. I did a few more shows at the Lido in Paris where Don Arden staged and there was no more finale for the acts. They were taken out. They were taken out. It's, it's okay with me because we did our act and went home. So Right, right. You don't have to stay around. But, but it's... Uh, yeah, there was there was a little bit of uh, of uh, a little not, any, not animosity now because he liked us. I must say he he did like mm -hmm. us, but uh, it's not what he liked. Yeah, it's not his pure vision. It's not his thing. His thing is beautiful tall dancers or or, or beautiful looking guys. Uh, you know, for his gay taste, and that's it. You know, and, and beautiful big hats and and well. Yeah. Well, you had said something about how when you add up the acts that are like seven to 10 minutes, probably that's a yeah. third of the show and how like sometimes the acts yes. make the, sh make the show, but it, it's what I also yeah, think like, Oh, go ahead. But the, but you... it, it, yeah. We, we did about, uh, I would say a quarter of the show uh, when I was walking at in Jubilee, there was Bobby Berosini was the guy with the, with the monkeys who got a lot of trouble later and all that. Yeah. But anyway, he was walking there. He was 12 to 15 minutes. Then there were the Jolly Jovers. They were 12 to 15 minutes. That's 30 minutes. And the Rios, seven minutes. That's uh, 37 minutes out of uh, an hour and a half show. That's a, it's, a, it's a third of the, of the, the third time. Of the show. I worked with the Jovers in Hello, Hollywood. Hello. Those are the, that was the act I got to know. We got to be friends. They were yeah. fabulous. You they had were, said something too. Like we had in the show, like the full orchestra and the whole set and the curtain closes, a black curtain is just you. Like it's such a different, like, uh, treatment like you were like okay you're self-contained you have to entertain yeah. us without that's, that's, all the rhinestones and the in the live orchestra sure that's why we were that's why we were paid good money so it's like hey you get paid and shut up don't complain you know and there's nothing to complain about it's really uh, like what do they expect yes I'm, I'm there i'm there for that 
you know, and that, that's, that's my role. You know, it's like a, a nurse, that's her role is to clean the asses of somebody. That's, that's mm. her role, you know, and the doctor has paid more. Yeah, well, that's how it is. Well, even the pace of the show, because I was teaching a showgirl class this uh, yesterday and we were talking about sometimes the Don Arden has a huge disaster scene. If it's the Titanic, if it's Samson and Delilah, yeah. the shinking of the Titanic, where you need like a palate cleanse because it's like, it's so intense. And when the curtain comes down, the audience goes, oh. Yeah. And so either the beauty of the showgirl pieces, they're not doing so much, but also with the acts, I think it gives the audience a, a chance to catch their breath and focus yeah. on something smaller. Yeah, sure. Suddenly you can, you can focus. Again. Yes. And often, and often when, when you go in as an act, the first thing is there, uh, there's like a rumble in, in, the, in the audience. They're talking to each other about what they have just seen. So it takes a little while to, to catch back their attention. So you, you better get going there. Uh, if you do a comedy act, it's a little like the Jovas, it was a little tough the first uh, two, three minutes to get their attention because they just talk about that big water waterfall, whatever you have there, or you know, one of those uh, explosive and 70 people on stage, yes. People oh. after that, they talk to each other and saying, oh, did you see that? Well, uh, wow, that's a that's a lot of pressure on you, but it makes me realize how important the acts were too for people to just settle in. Because if you just went disaster into some cutesy number, it would feel so out of place. Like you kind of need fresh start because he did, he would jump, okay. you know, Samson and Delilah and the Titanic don't go together. No. <laughs> so to have those stories no. can't, can't merge. And so that, that break to really have a clean break instead of like what just happened. And now there's this happening. It feels like I'm, I always appreciated the acts, but I think talking to you makes me have an even bigger appreciation of what they did for the show and for the well, audience to just have something that's more concentrated to look at. That's right. And don't forget also the acts didn't have that much to do with the dancers. A lot of them. Okay, uh, me. Okay, if I take me personally, yes, I was a, a, a bachelor, so it's different. So you try to have some connection there and fun and, and talking. And but in general, if you have the jobbers, they're a couple. They go home after. They, you know, occasionally there's a party somewhere, and then you have this other act. Everybody has often they're a little bit older than the cast, so you have other interests. You go play bowling in, in Vegas after the show, or, some, or, or, or eat something. So there, there's not really, there's the connection backstage. Hi, how are you today? Okay, but that's kind of it. You know, how are you? Oh, okay, uh, life. Yeah. It's not the same as going out and have a drink or, or party because you, you, you get invited to a party by some dancers. So you have nothing much in common with them other than uh, walking in the same place. And you, you don't talk choreography. You don't talk about uh, who's dating whom. And, you know, so automatically you, 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 you you, you don't have that. So the acts, they were all a little bit put aside, not put aside. We put ourselves aside because we had other, other interests or, or play tennis rather than, than going on, on a date, you know, with, with somebody. You say, well, there's plenty of them. So we'll see later. Wow. Yeah, they'd be able to just go home because we would be there from before the show all the way through. So during the acts is when we were all catching up and bonding That's because right. that was our time to sit and, you know, catch our breath is that's where a lot of the, the bonding was happening during the act so that that's kind right. of re reversal then you guys could yeah. just go home I've, i have a question about jubilee of the creation of that because i've interviewed several dancers of what it was like for them because they're watching the costumes come in they're seeing the sets 
they're learning choreography, figuring out which group they're in. But how much were you there? Were you there for the creation or the show was no. created and then they hire you we to just, come in? We just arrived like a week before and that's it. You know, we, we self-contained. I mean, we did yeah. not even appear in the finale or anything. We just self-contained. We arrive, we, we get a couple of hours to be on stage to get used to the lights and the sound and uh, do a few rehearsal. And that's it. This is what was expected of us too, to be self-contained. You know, you, you, you don't want to... Uh, that the, the the director like Don Arden or, or the choreographer has to spend some time with us now. So it's like they have their 10 minutes, uh, you know, do, do and rehearse uh, on, on stage, get used to the stage, but that's it. That's what we were paid for also. Right. You, know, I, I'm, you know, you have to be honest. That's, that's our job. Yeah. yeah. And so you come in like a tech, just so the flow of the show, just to run the full show with the acts. That's right. That's like maybe right. the week or so before, just to That's make sure. That's right. So when everybody flows. is already in, in a friendly term, uh, having coffee in, in the room or something, because there was always a coffee machine or something. Well, you, you start introducing yourself and everybody is already body buddies and you're just, you're the newcomers. You just arrive. Yeah. You know, you rehearse there for three weeks or four weeks or six weeks sometime. And you just arrive the last few days. Last few days and then run yeah. the show. So you, you were there for the beginning. Right. How, long, how long did you do Jubilee? Because you said you went and saw the, the closing show, but how long did you actually stay no, in I, the show? It's like a, a, a bit over two years. And then we went back to the Lido in Paris. Okay. That was enough. And then I came back years later. I mean, I came back to Vegas a few times. I came back to the closing of the Stardust and I came back to the closing of, uh, of uh, Jubilee. To see it or to be put in the show? No, 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 to see it, just to see it. Just to see it. So yeah. that was your, that only time in Jubilee was at two years. So did you that just what? feel ready? That was those two years was the only time, the beginning you were in Jubilee and then you didn't go back in like No, I didn't back go back. Then we, did, okay. then we start, uh, we were quite a few years at the Lido after that in Paris, which is our home. So that was my favorite place to be. And then we start producing some shows at the same time as uh, being at the Lido as an act. Yeah, so Paris is your home. Did you kind of get antsy to go or was it they only hire acts for a certain amount of time because they want to keep new acts coming in if the audience comes back again? again. Like, do they, was it your choice to go? Because they probably want to cycle acts in there that they're not there for 35 years, the full run of Jubilee. They probably want new acts. Is that well, kind at, of how? At the time, no, at the time, at the time, it was our choice. We wanted to go back to Paris. We could have stayed maybe another couple of years let's say I wouldn't have years. wanted to be longer than then it becomes boring too it's too, it's too right. long in the same place you know it's uh, I'm, I'm always doing the same act but it's better to change places to refresh because I, I was not about it, it was a pretty good act so I there was not about to rehearse another act I prefer to change place yeah change act and so did you have to like get out there and try to get work or was it always the, the acts are in demand and you could it's in demand yeah, you know, so, it's one of those things. If if you walk in a big deal place, other people come and get you at the big yeah. deal place to put them in another big deal place. It's a uh, we we only walked at the we were hired at the Moulin Rouge because we were at the Casino de Paris, and we were walk at the Lido because we were at the Moulin Rouge, and we walked at the MGM or at the Stardust because we were at the Lido. It's it's one of those, you know. Once once you put your finger in this machine, there that's it. Did you ever take time off, or did you work? constant until you retired no, I don't know you say took, retired you're not really retired now well <laughs> we could not really take too much time off because we needed to rehearse and if, if I need to rehearse to, to to stay 
it's not like a ventriloquist or a juggler. You think, okay, take my balls and and uh, I juggle in, in 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 some hotel room somewhere. I have to take my brother and everybody to to rehearse. Then you might as well walk. Then I'm, you know. So I I, I prefer to to uh, at the time we prefer to take a contract somewhere else, like some city in South Africa. And say, oh, let's go over there for a year and then come back to Toledo after. Or then mm. maybe go to Palma de Mallorca for, for a few months and come back to Toledo later. So we stayed so many years at Toledo because we were able to, to go away sometime. Yeah. And because we were going away, they missed us, so they took us back. <laughs> oh, that's because that's the part for me as a dancer, that the, the ability to travel, to have them pay you to go somewhere and dance and travel. So I was always like, what's the next fun place? Did you yes. settle in and like explore places you went or were you just pretty exhausted from like, did you like explore Mallorca no, or did I, you? I, I was a bad tourist. Were you? <laughs> I was a bad tourist. I, I, listen, I, I toured South Africa and some, some of the most fantastic places I didn't go and see nothing. Just uh, lay at the pool and play tennis. Uh, then in, in later years, I'm, I'm going back to these places where I walked just now so I can see the places. You know, it's like uh, I, I walked one month in Athens and, and uh, I, I never went to the Acropole and, and just saw it in the postcard. You know, we're bad tourists. You know, they think yeah. oh, I'll go back someday. Yeah, that's part of it. Like, oh, I'll do it another time. And then we go, yeah. oh, I really, there's things I wish I had done everywhere I worked. Yeah. So, so we, I do it now. Do, we do which it now. is wonderful. Now with the freedom not to have to go do a show. Yes. That's right. So you were saying some really interesting things before we re recorded of kind of the progression and then the lack of progression in cabaret. Like when it went from these huge shows that are no longer like Don Arden that were multi-million dollars and then how, you know, things need to progress. There's this interesting balance and balance talking to younger and older performers of the older, a lot of older performers want it to be exactly how it was. But then even the eighties was different than the sixties. Yes. And it progressed. Much. But, but not much. Not, not that much. Not that much. I mean, you still had the G strings up, uh, you know, the G string and the earrings and the high heels and the hats like forever. Yeah, it's a, it's a different design. But you, the, the discussion was you make a new show, you say, okay, the finale is going to be red or, or purple, you know, uh, is, is the feathers. Uh, is, you know, when, when, when you analyze a show like, uh, like the Lido, or the, or the MGM, there's no relation between one number and the other. You, mm. you, you go from uh, from uh, an African number to uh, to a jazz number to uh, a rocket style of thing. There's no rhyme or reason to nothing. And, and this is what has, this is a bit of a flaw now of uh, shows they have, there's no continuity in a show, a reason to be a, a flow. Uh, not necessarily a story. If, if you take the Cirque du Soleil thing, there's too many of them, okay? They kill themselves because they, they overexpanded. But if you, if you analyze their shows, they all have a storyline and they, 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 they don't jump from one thing to another without any reason. Why am I in Africa suddenly and suddenly I have a bunch of, you know, a Japanese number and suddenly you have a topless girls there dancing a, a jazz number. What's the reason? Nobody thinks of that reason to when when you make when when you make your your your, your sheets and, and 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 look at it. So this is the flaw now. I would say there's no rhyme or reason in a, in a in a show. 
Yeah. This is maybe this is maybe where they have gone a little bit wrong, uh, because when you if if you go to see an opera today, the opera has changed. The opera has modern moment. I mean, when I say modern, what does it mean modern? I mean actual things from today, mm. not from not avant-garde. You don't want to do something avant-garde. That's that doesn't go either, but something from today, you know, where, where somebody who is 30 and 40 years old can refer to, to what he knows from everyday life. But going into a show where you see some feathers in the beginning, feathers in the end, and, and no rhyme or reason for the middle of it, some, something, something is not right. Hmm. Because you're saying like changing with the times, because I do, like Jubilee ran so long and there was something of, maintaining what it used to be but like the music just felt so dated and I'm an older person saying that so like when you were talking about in Paris the people with the income are in that 40 30 to 50 year old bracket yeah and what appeals to them like are they nostalgic you know because if all of us wanted to stay sure. exactly how it was it, it needed to grow but also to change so suddenly you said something really great yes. about it should have been a progression of cabaret there should have been a progression uh Yes, nostalgic is it's great, but uh, I don't think a place like the Moulin Rouge or Lido, we take this as an example, they can live from nostalgia. There's not enough customers for nostalgia. There's not enough customer. You 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 know, uh, like I said mm -hmm. earlier, I grew up, I grew up with the Beatles and the Stones. I did not grow up with uh, with uh, some other stuff they're still using today. When you go to the Moulin Rouge today, they're using music from from my grandmother, my grandmother. I mean, at least do something for oh. one. Yeah, like maybe one nostalgic number. Well, you said you were all, you have been curating or putting together shows. Like you have continued this, and you your mindset. Yeah, like did, you like did, Lady Gaga. You have a, a way. Well, yes, not... actually, <laughs> yes, we're doing a little show right now here in Paris, which is uh, there's Lady Gaga music and and. Uh, uh, there, there's all the music in that little show is, is called uh, uh, O César and uh, all the musics are, 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 are recent as now and we don't have any topless girls because to me a woman is much sexier dressed than undressed you know uh, to me so mm -hmm. uh, and, 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 our, and our show is fairly sexy I would say uh, and, and although we have no nudity we have no g-strings and, and uh, you know uh, uh, it, it, it's a it's a it's a false uh, belief that the, you need to see a pair of tits to see that this girl is sexy. You just see it. Oh, it's pretty, but it doesn't make yeah. it sexy necessarily. Is your show a dance show? Is there a storyline through it? Well, it's a dance show. There's some acrobats. There's some uh, singer. There's some uh, stand up. It's it's a it's a it's a, like a variety type of show. How how was that for you to transition from performing to now creating? Was that always in you? Fine. It's yeah, fine. you get to yeah. do what you I'm, always promised. So things that needed to be done that you can now do. No, it's it's just another one of these things. Just an accident. Really? It's just a, it's it's an accident. One day you you will find all this in the book. But I will yeah. tell you anyway for the interview. <laughs> it's a. Uh, I was walking at the Lido, and okay, we, we walked uh, for a few months. Well, actually, a whole year in Sun City, South Africa. And, and then it was a fantastic show. It's probably the, choreographically the best show I've ever seen. It was a Ron Lewis started it. And then Roger Minami, who was his lover, Roger, 
um, Ron Lewis suddenly flipped out. He couldn't find any dope and drug over there. And so it's one day just took off in the middle of rehearsal. So the Sun City people uh, was a big casino. It's, it's, it, it's a, it was a very big cast. It's like 40 people on stage. And uh, Vinyas designed the costumes, gorgeous costumes. And uh, so, the, so what do we do without uh, Ron Lewis who created that show? So they called his ex, ex boyfriend, uh, which, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Roger Minami. Roger Minami came in and he choreographed. So he did a fantastic job. This show was just fabulous. There was two, three acts, special act. I mean, the reels were there, us and uh, some other American juggler, Michael Marlin comedy. Anyway, that show was to me fantastic. So I, I just had that show all the time in my mind when I went back to, to the Lido in Paris. I was still thinking about the, the show, I was thinking so fantastic, so so modern for, for the time. Uh, musically, choreographically, costume, everything was how I would have liked the Lido to look like. Anyway, that's just a side. I had that in my mind. And someday some 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 Japanese uh, promoter came to Paris when I'm fairly friendly with him. His name is Mr. Kato. Mr. Kato was a uh, a, a, a promoter, an agent for South Korea, for the Sheraton at some big hotel and some other places, some other venues in, in, in Tokyo and, and anyway, a few different venues. And I, I have a drink with him. I was working at the Lido and he said, oh, Michelle, I have a problem. We, I hired a nice show to be on stage and they went bankrupt. I don't know what to do. And I say, Mr. Kato, I'll do the show for you if you want. Oh, what did I say there? My, my brother was married to a skater who worked at Toledo and she used to be a, a world champion. And so she knows the skating world. And uh, I said, well, we can do it. Do you have any costumes? I said, yeah, I didn't. And mm. they, uh, at the time, the Lido had moved to another premises, the, the, the one you know, mm -hmm. and they used to be the old Lido. Uh, I was in, 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 in a friendly, in a good term, with Mr. Clerico, he, lent, he left me the keys for that, for the old Lido, where I rehearsed with my brother in the afternoon because at the Lido, the other Lido, we couldn't rehearse. So we rehearsed there. So I know that they were storing their, all their old costumes from previous shows. So I brought Mr. Cato down and said, well, yeah, I have costumes. Okay, so we made a deal to make an ice show. So we hired some guy who, who choreographed the ice show and uh, we got some, we didn't get these costumes, but we, we bought some old costumes. Some some partner, I wouldn't say his name because I don't like him anymore. So I would not advertise for him <laughs> anyway. This guy had some costumes from uh, from Beirut, from from the share, from the casino in Beirut. He had a whole stock of costumes. And so I hired him to use his costumes. And so we did our first uh, show, uh, which was like uh, 30 skaters on stage. Uh, and and then after that we did another show, another show, another show, and, and we ended up doing a lot of shows. That's a, amazing. I just think of the, some people have the opportunity while they're in their shows to really watch and learn because you you, well, you had so learn. much of you had so many opportunities and wonderful people that you could see how this runs and know maybe how to make things work better sometimes. Listen, my wife wow. is a dancer, was a dancer, and she she's very she she was very good for that. She, uh, to me, to me I, I was the salesperson. I was pretty good at selling and she was very good at organizing. 
you know, finding the choreograph, finding this and finding hotel rooms and, and, and visas and, and uh, everything you need to rehearsal places and where do you have your shoes made and where you, all this eventually you had to learn. We, we learned the hard way. In the beginning, we didn't make any money. We just spent it, but it's okay. We had the acts to, the acts, our act was, was uh, um, how can I say, uh, was uh, financing the shows at first. So you oh, were in okay. the show, your act was in the show or your no. acts that you hired? No, act at the Lido. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Walking at the Lido, we bought a warehouse and uh, that was it. And we did about uh, 20 big shows and then we started giving up. When my brother passed away, we decided we, we quit. We stopped. We sold a lot of the stuff in the warehouse and yeah. the costumes. And we just kept uh, some things to to have fun now with that little place who belongs to Mr. Clerico, who is, you know who Mr. Clerico is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Mr. Clerico, he's the son from... he. he uh, Frank Clerico, the owner of this cabaret where we where we have our show, is uh, he was the last uh, um, owner. He he was the last boss at the Lido before they sold it to to Sodexo, and they sold it because of family dissension mainly. Really? Well, then I heard yeah. it just sold again. That and there's that it's least... sold again. Maybe maybe it's good. Yeah, I've heard different perspective. But maybe this one will understand entertainment world more. Well, yeah, Sodexo is a, Sodexo, the one who bought it at first, uh, they're actually making uh, food for military and for universities, you know, so there's no luxury in there. But the place, the ones who bought it now, apparently, uh, Accor, Accor has cruise ships, has uh, um, entertainment, uh, uh, they deal into entertainment. So maybe they're a little bit, uh, they're a little bit more clever for, for entertainment, let's say. Mm. So did you take a break before this? Oh, is it O Caesar? Is that the name of the show? O Caesar. O Caesar. Yeah. Did you have a break o in between that? I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> what do you mean a break for what? Did you, you were always putting these shows together and then this one came along or did you have a break and then bring, because I'm really curious about the show that you have now because yeah, I would love no to break. see it. No You've break. Been going, we, you've been working no, it's straight. Just, yeah, we just do some, you know, it's, everything is not always financial. Sometimes you right. have to do things. Yeah, sure. You don't want to do you don't want to do things at the loss of money, but uh, certain things it's okay if it just pays for itself and and the yeah. keep and and uh, anyway with, with that little show we're doing right now we're having a lot of fun. <clears throat> I just love that. We have a lot of fun that. because it's small, it's uh, uh, it's uh, friendly, it's friendly. Uh, we have a lot of uh, people coming by, people I know, other performers. Come and have a drink there. We we sit at the bar and, and see the show and and uh, yeah, it's fun. Where is it? Is it in Paris? It's in, in Montparnasse. Montparnasse is uh, Montparnasse is as on the left left bank. Okay. It's uh, at one time in the, in the 30s. It was the place where all the artists are living. It was where Picasso was and uh, yeah. uh, all the big painters and, and writers and that was the the area. It, at How, one time, it was very much the area. I did a little, last time I was there for the reunion, I did the double-decker tour just oh, because yeah. I wanted I wanted to get an idea where everything was. And so being up there, like, okay, I'm going to go check this out. But I love that part and I love the story with the left bank with just oh, yeah. more of the artists, a little bit more free thinkers. So that's yeah. really fun that you're over there. So you, it's just wonderful to hear these bluebells that are, you know, advanced in age in a nice way. That are still creating and still love the arts and still or at least or at least being busy 
doing yeah, something. Like do you're something. doing this. It's great what you're doing there. Where are you? Where are you? And anyway, what city? Where are you? I'm I'm in Seattle, Washington. We have a storm, really bad storm coming in. So I'm like, I hope my Wi-Fi holds okay. over good. Yeah. So in I, Seattle, I have some friends Seattle. living there. They, they, you they do. Used, they, yeah, they, they used to be a, a palazzo. Uh, a, a, they, Zinzani. There's a place called Zinzani. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. Zinzani. I have some yeah, friends to, walking there. Yeah, oh, not, yeah. Not now because they're not there anymore. Now they're yeah. in, they're in uh, Chicago, I think. Because Teatro Zinzani. Teatro Zinzani. That's when you it's, said, it's say that. It's very wonderful. much of a crazy place. Yeah. It's a very crazy place. And I, I had to wait till I had enough money. Took my daughter there for her 21st birthday. And then someone took me there for my birthday. And it's an experience. It's, it's kind yeah. of the interesting mix of like circus and fine dining and cabaret. It's just, well, well, you don't really know where to look. It's just, it's you, you right. have to really pay attention. It's, and, it's wonderful. It's, and what, what we are doing now at the Ocesar, it's much closer to that. It's much closer. It's not that, but it's much closer to that than uh, in a, than a traditional uh, review show. I'm going to be there in April. My hope is to come. And then I have a dancer okay. that kind of training to, to get ready to audition for the shows. But I want to go see everything there is to see. Okay. Because all I've seen is the Lido and the Mulan. And I want to see... Um, the one in Strasbourg. I want. There's like some smaller cabarets, like in Bordeaux. And Strasbourg is Strasbourg is not so small. It's a it's a it's a very much a Moulin Rouge style, a very dated. Uh, not dated. Yeah. No. But then no. But I'm, I must give. I'm, he's very successful. But he's successful with with gray hair, like me. You know, white hair. Yeah. It's a, when I say the customers, he, he he's not preparing the future with with that place because uh, who's coming there to see his show is a. Uh, 60 70 80 years old uh, older people yeah, it's, it's not a modern show <laughs> right so will it be happening in april your, yes, your yes. show you, okay you, you tell me you, you, we have dinner together you let me I would, I would love that because i want to i want to experience all of that that facet of that and and it makes me happy that it's still happening and i just you know because paris is such a hub of all these things of where it came from so for me i'm going to probably do interviews and take pictures and video because i did a road trip the summer with somebody else as a podcast. We went to Reno, Las Vegas, and then um, Los Angeles. And I and I just had coffee or whatever with people that I had interviewed. So I got to see my people from Hello, Hello Hollywood, Hello, and then to oh. to go see the costumes that are still what, there. What year? What year were you there in Hollywood? I was there at the end of 1980. I did one year, end of 80 to the end of 81. But Karen Burns oh, has all of her. You you were there in 81. Mm hmm. I passed, I came by. I that's that's when the that's when the MGM in Vegas started. Uh, that's when Jubilee started in '81. Yeah, I was in, got in the show, and the fire happened. I think with, because I got in in October, and I think the fire was soon after that. And that's some right. of the dancers that were supposed to be in Jubilee came up for that. So there was all that transition. And I think I was new to the show, going, "Wow, this is a way bigger world than I knew," and knowing that. There was a sister ship down, or sister ship, yeah, sister show I, I down there with the Jubilee, but you were there at the creation of it. So yeah, that would have. I, I well, I got, I got there after the fire, of course. Uh, yeah, when that show opened, reopened, and I remember coming by in Reno. I came by to to see that show, and I I remember, I remember, you walked there with some uh, Irene. You remember crazy Irene? She was was she Scottish? Scottish. Yeah, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, she was a principal. I remember. Yeah, she, she yeah. I remember seeing her there. So you saw yeah, the show, yeah, because you were, 
you were used to these big spectacles. And then, you know, like we come out on the wings of an airplane and have yeah. an earthquake. And oh, I, rem- I remember that. That, 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 that place was even bigger than, than uh, that show was huge. That airplane and all that was huge. I remember. There was 100, 150 in uh, Hello Hollywood when it opened and it, it did get skimmed down as budget cuts happened. And I think Jubilee was 100. So I think we had maybe 50 more people on stage yeah. than Jubilee, which was already. stage too. Yeah, yeah. So stage. it was like Don Arden went, let's go bigger. <laughs> so I think, did I say your name wrong? Are you Michael or Michelle? Michelle. Well, okay. it's, it's, well, depend. For, 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 for an English, Michael is fine, but Michelle is more my, my name. Because when I introduced you, I'm like, I saw this, this spelling without an A, and I'm like, oh, I should probably ask that. Because when I'm talking to like a Polish dancer, like, okay, I want to not get their name wrong. And I'm like, oh, I did it wrong. Um, but I would love to see you in Paris. Come see the show. Okay. And, and I would love some, for pe- If you have some more questions, just ask. Okay. Yeah. And I would love for people to find your book because it was so easy on Amazon. I'm reading all these Bluebell books. I've read, I'm waiting for the the one that's called Lido, Paris, Feathers and Thrills, but it's not in English. It's not in America yet. There's been a delay that, but it'll be on Amazon. I have it. Okay. I'm, you posted that, that you're in it. There's a whole page of the reels in there. I'm so excited for that because I saw you post it and I'm waiting patiently. And then I'm reading Shay. I can't think of her book, An Australian Girl. There's one I just ordered, uh, Bluebell Girl. Like I'm finding all these people that wrote books. And so I'm collecting well, them yeah. all. It's, it's, the, it's the only way. It's the only way to express yourself on a piece of paper. It's wonderful because I, I yeah. everybody's is different, but it's things that we relate to. Like I love the backstage stories and like how they ended up there. So I'm just going to collect them all because sadly part of the reason i'm doing this there's so many that have passed away you know like even back from earlier from aids how many dancers we lost to aids and then people that are losing their memory and people you know we're getting they older are, yeah. so it feels so important that you know these What's books are being written My- <laughs> okay we're doing we're doing pretty good so thank you michelle michael i appreciate this so much and okay. i will see you in april and i will be at your show and i'm okay. sure i will love to see it So you take care of yourself. We we will treat you. Bye. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Bye. Bye.